scribble notes, uh, scribble notes when I wrote these quotes. If I offend, pardon me, there's more of me to grow. Creative in my process, enjoy the show. The will is different when you recognize the different strokes. Different folks, same goals, we all want the most. So when we reach the top, we can enjoy the toast. The type of bread we get is fresh about the bakery. Told them don't play with me. With or without a degree, don't question my intensity. Bravery, similar to agencies that want to see you fold. So just pray for me and pray for me. Einstein with my energy. Welcome to the Scribble Notes podcast. How are you? Good, good. You doing okay? I am. I can never complain about my situation. Um, why don't you introduce yourself for the listeners? Uh, your mainstay on the show. So I feel like you don't need an introduction, but do it anyway. <laughs> it never hurts. Uh, my name's Adam Gaffin. I am the author of the Cassidy Chronicles. Uh, Currently, there are five books in this science fiction series, and another one's coming out in February. Another one is written, but I have to do the editing. You know how that is. Uh, <laughs> always good stuff going on. So, you know, I, I live in Southern Colorado uh, with my wife, uh, five dogs, and five cats. Mm. So, you are a well established author by literally all all the measures um you've been writing a lot uh talk to me a little bit about your process i know some people might have heard it already but talk a little bit about your process how did you create the cassidy chronicles how did you start that idea and where is it now from where you began so the cassidy chronicles started just as this idea i had i had a scene in my head and it was uh, two brides and a groom running away from their wedding. And I wrote it out, had to figure out why they were running away. Well, why would they be running away? Let's see. Um, okay, somebody who was trying to assassinate one of the brides. Okay. So that set the whole, the whole first volume going because he had to figure out, okay, who wanted one of the brides dead? You know, what's behind all of this? And it took off from there. Uh, it was only supposed to be one book. It was only supposed to be the story of figuring out why somebody wanted to kill Ayanna Cassidy, hence the name, the Cassidy Chronicles. Um, <clears throat> but when I went to write the, the second, the next book, I should say, not the second book, but the next book, it wasn't going to be a Cassidy book. And I got, you know, I had a what I thought was a decent idea, a decent uh, inciting event, but it just wasn't working. So I picked it up and dropped it into the Cassidy universe and reintroduced those characters. And all of a sudden the story just flowed and it's been going ever since. Um, yeah, 2020, through 2020 and 2021 released five novels totaling about 600,000 words. Uh, so <laughs> you've been busy writing. I've been busy writing. Yes. And apparently there's no slowing down. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome that one, you've been able to continue to make it fresh and keep it fresh for yourself. Um, I feel like there is a fatigue that goes on after a while of writing. But I also feel like there's this this endless, vast story that you can tell once you built the world. Um and I, I think that you might be hitting that where you have so many stories you can tell, um, and it's incredible. 
Yeah, and, and that's actually something that um, you actually hit two points in there. Uh, first, the you know the, the getting stale idea because you know if you keep going back to the same main characters, you, you can their voices can get old. Mm. Um, you know, it, you know, we're the authors, we're writing the words, but it's their stories. You know, they're telling us what happened. Um, if you keep going back to the same person to tell you the story you're only getting one perspective and pretty soon, and you're only getting one voice. So the, the next book I have coming out, um, which is coming out February 1st is, okay, bear with me as I try to explain this. So all of these are taking place within what I'm calling the Cassidy verse. Um, it, it's grown large enough so that it is its own universe. Um, the one that's coming out February 1st is called Memories of Ayana. And it is, it is a first person memoir of their childhood together. So this is Kendra and Ayana. They were neighbors. They were born three weeks apart. Their parents lived next door to each other. They've known each other since they were old enough to know anything. So I, I got the idea of writing from Kendra's perspective of their childhood and all the, I mean, they had for, you know, for values of normal, they had, you know, in, in the 2080s, um, they had a normal childhood, except for a few kind of odd things that happen to them every now and then. So I, I'm writing that, you know, I wrote the story of these odd things that happened to them. And so it, it is Kendra's voice. It's not a third person um, like the other books are. So it is very much, it is all Kendra. She is telling you the story very directly. I mean, it's first person point of view. And she's looking back on her childhood. Um, so that's one. And to the other point about, you know, uh, about there are lots of stories in the universe. So the one I just finished, I, literally, I finished it on Friday. I finished writing. Um, that one, it's... Yes, it's set in the same universe and Kendra makes an appearance, but it's focused on other characters. These other characters are carrying the burden of the story. So uh, even though it is a familiar setting, it's different voices. I mean, they have different perspectives. They're not the Admiral, they're not in charge. Um, they're in charge of what they do, not the whole you know, the whole Terran Federation. So that one was, um, that one was fun to write. I used NaNoWriMo to really pound the rest of that one out. I got, you know, I think I got about ooh, 50, about 50,000 words out of that novel. Um, ended up at about 80,000. Mm. So for me, it's a short one. <laughs> yeah, short, a short one for you. Um, 
Yeah. So we touched that's how you just touched on a ton. I think being able to explore new 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 narratives is super important. I think there's so much in a world that we just can't explore in one book. And it's just interesting. I think it's interesting as I'm listening to you talk about just how long you can go with the story. Because I'm obviously I'm writing the trilogy. And I'm trying to figure out how to wrap this up so that I can open up myself to do some um, some standalones inside the same universe. But pretty much everything that I'm writing, there's this concept, at least for me, where it's like I want to connect it to my universe because I know that there's so much left to do. There's so much left to tell. Um, I even have a story I want to write that's like 200 years before this main timeline began so you can just see what the world was like then and i feel like just exploring more of the universe is i don't know it, it seems it seems like just such a fun thing to do i feel like for other authors i've gotten the same experience where some people have started writing in other series or starting a new series and sometimes they just don't have the same like i guess desire because there's just so much that you have to build from the ground up sometimes and it's one thing to do that for a country or a society within the world you already have it's a whole nother thing to do when it's just like brand new start from scratch and then build a story or narrative that no one's ever heard before it, it, it world building is really the challenge um i find because once you have that, once you have all the rules of your world worked out and, and you've got it all sorted out in your head, it, it's, it's tough to change gears, you know, because you've written, you know, however many thousands of words in this, in this world and you've described it and it all works and now you have to do it again. You know, and oh man, that, I mean that's that's why you know that's why the road to the stars ended up that you know a Cassidy book because it's like I already have I already have this world created I already have the situation created and I just all I need to do is slide it over a little bit um, slide it Stephen adjust King. it whole thing yeah yeah. Stephen King, um, he is famous for putting books in um, Castle Rock, Maine. Okay, it, Castle Rock and Derry, uh, they're imaginary places in Maine built based on real places. And I, I've, I've lived in some of them. You know, there, uh, there's a place, if you've ever read his, it's almost a novel called The Mist. Uh, I know they made it into a movie. Um, that set, oh, what's the name of the town he called it? Anyways, it doesn't matter. It was based on a real town and I lived in that town. So I know the lake that he's talking about. I know the supermarket mm. that all of the people were holed up in. But he, I don't think he ever intended you know, he's got so many of his novels set in, you know, in this Castle Rock and Derry world where really bad things happen. Uh, I don't think he ever intended to do it. It's just 
that's where he kept going back to. And after a while, I think he just kind of gave up trying to prevent going back there. Um, you know, the, the, the next project I'm working on is I'm writing, uh, I'm putting together an anthology of Cassidy verse stories, mm. uh, which is a, allowing me to have fun with it because they're jumping all over the place. Uh, they're, they're touching on different characters. Uh, they're going back and forth in time. One, the earliest one is set when uh, Cass and Ken are 15, 16, 17, something like that, teenagers. Uh, that's actually a Christmas story, believe it or not. And that's coming out in another anthology, which is supposed to be released anytime now. It's just, it's waiting on the publisher. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled to have that out. Uh, and the, and on the other end of the scale, I've got a story set 80 years after the events in the Cassidy Chronicles and those sequels. So it's set in the same universe, but none of the characters are the same. I mean, it's mm -hmm. all moved on. So it's kind of a sneak peek into what's, you know, what's coming up. So yeah, that's, that, that's, my, that's my current project. I'm working on stories for that anthology. That's awesome. I was just going to say, like, being able to it's even giving me ideas and having my brain turn right now just about how much you can write, because the ideas in your universe, like you can you scratch another 50, 60 years and a lot of your characters are no longer around. Um, you're really picking up from a different place in the same universe. It challenges you from the world building end to see how does the world progress um, from your standpoint, what kind of events happen to leave this new world that you get to visit? Um, it just it's really cool. It's like a, just a cool idea. And I see why people uh, people do that, because you get to write in your same world. So some things can be the same, but you also get to challenge yourself to write a little bit differently as well as you bring in new concepts and create new laws and new events that may have happened in history you get to play with new characters you get to play with legacies of old former characters there's just all of that yep. that continues oh yeah um asimov i mean the best example i can think of is isaac asimov and his founder his original foundation trilogy because that spanned a thousand years and even within the books, it would jump forward, you know, 50 or 100 years within the book. And again, be entirely different characters dealing with some of the problems left over from the previous section of the book and the previous characters. Um, but that was just, you know, same universe, different characters, different times. It just, and that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, Tahani Nelson, who's a contemporary writer, uh, she writes uh, female-centric military. I don't know if you want to call it science fiction or fantasy or speculative fiction. Uh, she wrote the Fae Chronicles, and she just dropped the third novel in it. And she does the same thing. You know, they're they're gapped out so that there are those big chunks of time between the first and the second novels and the second and third novels, but it's still on the same world, still 
the same universe, still the same rules. Mm. So I have one, I have one on my back burner, which it's another, it'll be another transplant. But I'm thinking that if I transplant it into the Cassidy verse, it's going to be set probably eight, nine hundred years in the future. Long enough so that the political system that I'm setting up here has kind of broken up. Um, I just, I can't let go of the character. Uh, she's a, she, she's a smart ass Marine. She's writing her memoir and she's retired. So she's writing the memoir and she's starting it off by saying, well, this is how I got my second court martial. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Even some of the authors you listed, it's like, I know Steven Erickson, he's, uh, Steve Erickson, he's definitely known for that same thing in the fantasy world um, with his Malazan series. Like, just an epic across, I think he has 13 books or 12 books. And it's like, just thick, full of worlds and characters from one book to another. The entire cast seems to change. And you just explore the world all over again until you start understanding how it's all connected and how this person reappears here, or how in this age something happened that then led to uh, someone else's rise. And it's, it becomes a crazy story of war and families and dynasties. Um, so it's really cool. I, I like that idea uh, myself as I've been looking at what the future holds, especially as a, as a writer. I'm going to finish up this third book. And then I've looked at either starting a new series um, and I'm running into the, the entire rebuilding the world from scratch and trying to figure out like, what would that look like? Or do I continue this series um, in some way, maybe different characters, but set in a different side of the world or different time in the world and see what that looks like. Um, Cause there's also, there's all sorts of ways. And I was going to ask you um, a question about uh, your process in publishing and how that looks. Um, because I know with a series, um, it's like people expect a book at a certain time where if you start a brand new project, it's almost as if you have more time. So what does that look like for you? You've been writing a lot. So I know you have, uh, years might look different than other people's. So, you know, I, I, I can't really speak to the expectations, but mm. I know they're there. All right. I granted, I, I know fully that they are there, but I try to stay engaged with, you know, with my fans, with the readers. Um, you know, I have a Patreon so that they, you know, they get a couple of posts a month um, that don't go public. So they get to see stuff, you know, kind of behind the scenes. Um, and you know there are newsletters that go out. Uh, I do I do two of them. One of them is me. You know, one of them is me saying, okay, you know, here's what's here's what's coming out. You know, here are some other authors that you might be interested in reading. You know, here are some other. You know, here are some sales on books. Here are some free books for you. You know, the marketing stuff, right? You know, we all we all have to do it. We all have to do marketing stuff. Um, 
And then the other newsletter is Kendra's newsletter. And there's no marketing in that. All it is is Kendra telling a story. So every two weeks, anybody who subscribes to the newsletter gets something fresh and new that they can't see anywhere else because it's Kendra's story. It's, it's her talking to them. Um, so that's how I deal with the, okay, got to have something out. I like the idea of, you know, a, a new series, you know, basically hitting reset on the timer. Um, but I, I think, you know, staying, staying involved with people will also do that. You know, if there's always something out there for them to, to see and to anticipate, then there's not going to be the same, okay, where's the next book? You know, it's not, it's not the George R. R. Martin. Okay, it's been 20 years, George. It's been 20 years where it's our book. Yeah, I'm like, I'm still waiting. I'm waiting on the next one. Before we continue, here's a message from this episode's sponsor, Workaholics. Workaholics is an American apparel company that specializes in fitness merchandise. They create clothing that gives you a comfortable feel even when the workout's tough. When your tank is on E, ask yourself, how hard you working? That defines them, but that's the question that also will help you become the best version of yourself. You can follow them at work underscore merch underscore on Instagram. That's at work, W-E-R-K underscore merch underscore on Instagram. Let's get back to the show. Um, I think a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of times it's like you can run into that problem so easily as an author if you're either just hesitant to continue writing um, if you take a long break, fans will just get upset that they aren't getting content. I do think it's important for authors to kind of write what they want to write when they want to write it so that it comes out the way they want the story um, kind of told. I feel like when you rush the timeline, it almost, it definitely, I'd say, impacts the the quality of the writing because you're in a rush. You're trying to get it all done. I've noticed that with my this this final book in the trilogy. I've been way more hesitant to just jump in and write whatever um, for the pressure of getting it out next year at some point. It'll come out next year, but my timeline with writing is just going to be when I have the best story, that's when I'll write. When I have the best characters and best narrative, then, then I'll write. And I have a bunch of that stuff now, but I'm very much like not in a rush to get this published. I originally had said like, oh, I'll have it published by March. Um, and now we're in December and I, I don't, I don't have it published, but I'm not going to have it published by March. Um, but I think part of that was me being super optimistic with timing and then all the other aspects of life that I think, um, almost get forgotten by fans and readers. Uh, like authors have other things going on in life sometimes. So for me, having a daughter in adjusting to the world definitely impacted how much I was writing and w- what time I spent writing so I definitely can see that um but I'll do like you what you just said having other pieces of content and other things that people can can read and latch on to um as a way of engaging them um in your process and keeping them involved and connected to the world that aren't necessarily such heavy lifts as releasing a whole other book or writing a full novella just to salvage the masses yeah, and the other thing is 
getting your books out there into, you know, into um, other, you know, into group promotions and story bundles. I have one right now. Um, the Cassidy Chronicles, the first volume, is out right now in the sci-fi adventure bundle uh, through Story Bundle. Okay, but I'm in there with some great authors. I'm in there with Kevin Anderson. I'm in there with Jody Lynn Nye. I mean, there are 13, you can get 13 books for as little as 20 bucks, wow. right? So yeah, I mean, how are you going to go wrong? But you get out there, you get into these bundles and you get your book to new readers. Mm. You know, if you do that with your first book as well, you get that to all different readers. And then they're out there discovering, okay, here's this first great book. Oh, okay, I love the first book. All right, now the second book. Okay, I got the second book. All right, third book. Third book is coming? Okay, I'm good, I'm good. So you're constantly bringing in those fresh readers, those fresh eyes. Uh, you get to associate with other you know, fantastic authors. Yeah, that's a really good point because... It, sometimes you sometimes I feel like I forget right like I feel like a lot of new authors do we forget that like your book is new not just new the first time you publish it but it's new to the person the first time they read it um so that every time you get a new reader that book is brand new to them that book is a new story so the more new readers you get the more the longer your book's lifespan is and your book kind of a, it could have a really long lifespan I mean there are a lot of people who didn't read Game of Thrones when it first came out and now pick it up to this day just because they heard that there was a TV show or because they heard that the book is good. Um, I know myself, I was looking at the Wheel of Time TV show that just came out on Prime TV. And mm -hmm. it's made me more interested in actually picking up the Wheel of Time, even though I've heard um, that it's super long, that it's uh, just a heavy lift to, to really get through oh yeah it's made no, me way more interesting about the wheel of time <laughs> it's made me so much more interesting there is nothing light about the wheel in that, of time. that book in that book to the point it's like it's not new by any means but it will be new to me when i pick it up um so that's like the longevity of a story it's that whoever reads it is going to have their first experience with it um like when i read run like hell it was like my first time reading one of the books and I, I had this crazy experience with it. So I feel like um, even if it's book one, it was my first time reading it, but it's been out for a long time. Right. Yeah, it, it's, you know, the first time you pick up a book, it's always, you know, no matter how old the book is, it is fresh and new to you. Mm. You know, it, it, the first time some eight or nine-year-old picks up The Hobbit, <laughs> you know, even though that book, is 80 years old doesn't matter it's going to be brand new to them and they're going to read it and they're going to dive into it and they're just going to be blown away by Tolkien's writing and his world building and the characters and the joy with it that he wrote that particular book um and it, and they're just going to be you know oh my god oh my god this is fantastic they're not going to care that it came out in 1937. They're not even gonna look. Like they probably won't even know. No. It's, it's it's crazy. No. It it is crazy. Um, even with older older books, right? Like Harry Potter, it can still have an impact on someone now when it's 
20 or 30 years after publication. It just the way the way stories are told. And I think like you just you just click that in my mind just by saying that, like first time first time reader is a first time reader. Um, and there's going to be other people who are waiting and they've been waiting since whenever. But there's going to be a lot of people that have never even seen the story yet. So by the time they get to your second book or third book, uh, or fourth, it's like, oh, my fifth book just came out and the sixth one is on the way. And it's like, they're not even really waiting. They're just getting the next one. Yep. Well, it's just, you know, just touch on one last thing about that. The foundation has just been made into a TV series uh, mm. over on Apple TV, right? Foundation came out in 1950. Whew. The first foundation book came out in 1950. So you're going to have people in 2021 going back and going to the library, going to Amazon, going to wherever, and buying the first book because they watched, you know, three or four episodes of the series and said, oh, wow, this is amazing. I got to read the book. And they're little books. I mean, if, you, if you've ever seen the original paperbacks, mm -hmm. I mean, they're like, yeah, they're not even a centimeter thick. Yeah, there's like 150, 160 pages in there. Mm. Tiny little books. But, you know, so 70 years later, people are going back and they're going, oh, my, you know, this is fresh. This is new. All right. Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a major point because there's so much there's so much that can expose you to new material um hopping on these bundles i think that's something i'm gonna have to definitely look into to see if i can get myself connected in that world um even i noticed with free books when i, I listed my books on for free on amazon i think once every three months you can do that and i listed on free for free and promoted it i promoted the the post or whatever uh in a ton of people download i think i had over two or three hundred people download in the course of two or three days and those are like new people who knows what the metrics will be and how when they'll get to the book and when they'll read it but the fact that they have it on their kindle that they've downloaded it, the fact that they can have access to it and can read it it just opens you to getting new fans and new readers because they can go experience the book and the more people that can experience it the better um the better off you are because as an author those people might have gotten it for free up front but then they might buy the second one or they might buy the paperback they might um, buy the hardcover one day. Um, you never know. Yep. Yeah. yeah get, you know, they, they may say, Ooh, I want to hear the audio. You know, I mm. want to hear the audio book. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, I love having all five of mine are available on audible. So. Yeah. And that's actually the thing that's slowing down the release of the next one, the memories of Diana. <laughs> Because I'm gonna, well, I'm I'm doing it. I, you know, it's all a learning curve, right? We're all learning how to do this stuff as we go along. So this next one, normally what I would have done is, okay, I got the book done, I got a cover, great, put it out. Nope, pump the brakes, put it up. Now, so it was available in the Amazon store for pre-order. But that also opens it up for Audible so I could find a narrator and have her start recording the book so that come February 1st, people will be able to get it 
hmm. on Audible as well as an ebook. I don't know if I'm going to do a paperback. It, it's this is the shortest one I've ever written. It's it's like fifty one thousand words. I mean, it, for me, that's like half of a book. But, yeah, it's half for you. But I, you know, it, it's Kendra's book, so she gets credit. It, when you see the cover, it says "Memories of Ayana," um, the history of future past, and by Kendra Cassidy, edited by me. <laughs> I love that she gets she gets writer credit for this one. She gets writer's credit for it. Yep, it's her story. So before we go, I want to give you a chance to to plug where people can find you, um, and I, then I have one final question. Sure. Uh, so again, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram just under my name, Adam Gaffin. Um, look for the beard. (laughs) There is somebody out there on Instagram who has Adam.Gaffin. I don't think this is, yeah, yeah. As far as I know, everybody, almost certainly. Anyways, uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as Adam Gaffin. Uh, That's the easiest way. You can send me an email, adamgaffinauthor at gmail.com. Uh, always happy to hear from people. Um, you can go to the website, CassidyChronicles.com, which is in the ma- middle of a major overhaul, uh, which should be done this month. When it's done, I- I've seen Mallory Cooper is doing it, and she's amazing. And I've seen the preview, you know, what she's done so far, and oh my god, it is going to be gorgeous. It's anyways, CassidyChronicles.com. Um, you can, and when you go to CassidyChronicles.com, you can get a free book. Uh, when you get the free book, you sign up for the newsletter, so you get all the sales information. You get the, you know, you get the the every two weeks story from Kendra. Um, and for as little as three bucks a month, you can be- become a patron. Hey. You know, for a cup of coffee a month, you can become a patron. And you, at three bucks a month, get a thank you in every subsequent book that I publish. Wow. So if, yep, as long as you're a patron, you get a thank you. You get an acknowledgement in one of my books. If you, if you do the $9 level, not only do you get the thank you, but I'll write you into the book. <laughs> I will use your name as a character. I love that. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah. So, patron. So, uh, yeah. Love to have more patrons and, you know, just jump on in there because you get exclusive content as well a couple times a month. Awesome. All right. Last question then. So yeah. it's we're going into 2022. What should authors be doing when they're publishing their books to have the most success? What are what are some things, some key aspects? Give me like one or two things that they should be doing in 2022 if they want their book to be successful. So 
you know, I could say right to market and I could say, you know, uh, spend your money wisely on your advertising. But the biggest thing I think for any author to do to be successful, and I don't care what year it is, is to make sure you connect with your fans, connect with your readers, because they are going to be your biggest supporters. You know, if you're not, if your readers don't like you and the world that you've created, they're not going to tell their friends about you and the world that you've created. Um, if you're, if somebody emails you, write back to them. If somebody comments on a post, thank them for it. If somebody, um, if somebody tags you in a post on social media, respond to it. You know, be out there, be interactive, be involved with with your community because without your community, you're not selling a damn book. Mm -hmm. That is a major key. Make sure that you are connecting with the people who support you because at the end of the day, those are your supporters. Those are your fans. Those are the people who will buy your book and make sure you're more successful. You can't do it without them. Um, Adam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I can't wait for everyone else to get this information and hear this. Uh, this has been an episode of Scribble Notes. Peace. Yeah. You are now rocking with the greatest podcast. Scribble Notes. Great topics, good conversations every week. Scribble notes. You don't want to miss. And if you miss, make sure you tune in. Scribble notes. Yeah. Scribble notes. Uh. Scribble notes when I wrote these quotes If I offend, pardon me, there's more me to grow Creative in my process, enjoy the show The will is different when you recognize the different strokes Different folks, same goals, we all want the most So when we reach the top, we can enjoy the toast The type of bread we get is fresh about the bakery Told them don't play with me With or without a degree, don't question my intensity Bravery, similar to agencies that want to see you fall So just pray for me Einstein with my energy, mass times infinity Been the gift since I laid my eyes on that Christmas tree uh, The star at the top told me what I'm supposed to be Can't relate, you not dope as me I'm everything I hope I be, uh, hope I be. Sometimes the roll as travels ends up turning to Canal Street yeah. You are now rocking with the greatest podcast notes. Great topics, good conversations Every week, Scribble Notes You don't wanna miss And if you miss, make sure you tune in